We're back. Six pack lap it at. I got my boy Arian Messi Kamesi. And we got the 66 kilo champus here, Jonathan Garcia, who's dude, you were a number one. Um, you know, if anyone had seen the live stream, you were battling uh, Rodrigo Manzo, previous USAPL national champion. And uh, you guys both had some riveting stories here. You know, Manzo won USAPL Nats and missed out on, on the world championships due to COVID. So he had a storyline of wanting to right that wrong and, you know, like get, get to the world championships. And then you have your storyline as well, which we'll get into. And we had a, a conversation afterwards when we all went out and did a damn thing, celebrating <laughs> and, uh, and you were, you have a fucking phenomenal story and you're an amazing, like an easy conversation. And then, um, and then of course we got to look ahead to the world championships and my God, are you not, and it, well, first off, before I skip past that, when people see the, the beautiful SBD highlight video and you were tearful on the platform, they might yeah. not, they don't know. They don't yeah. know the long time coming and everything you've been through and what it means for you, you know, uh, your family, friends to be like, I'm going to the world championship, the USA across the chest. And, uh, and then the battle you're going to be in with like massive stars, like Penn is a star, but Joe Jordan and like, Eddie, Eddie uh, Berglin and freaking, I mean, there's, there's shooters all of six, six kilo classes, absolutely stacked. And you're in the middle of it, which is yeah. everyone's going to want to watch it. And then yeah. of course we have the announcement of Sheffield right around when PA Nats come. So, you know, like, okay, well, bang, got to win PA Nats <laughs> against uh, a former national champion. Bam. Now I got worlds. And then if I get past that, the final boss is Sheffield. My yeah. God, man, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to unpack here. <laughs> this little preview for anybody tuning in. But um, when I sat down and talked to you, we, me, you, Taylor, and Arian went out for cocktails. Yeah. And we had talked, talked. I know yeah. about you, but I didn't, we didn't <laughs> talk, talk, sat down. I'm like, fuck, this is a good dude. This, yeah. This well, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> so it's, been, it's been a long time coming, man. What were your thoughts yeah. leading into this and everything that was at stake? Well, um, you know, after falling short a number of times, you know, I, I told Aaron, I said, this has got to be the one, but we, we, we win it. You know, this, this has to be the one, um, training went in full overdrive. And for me, training was always the fun part, but where I think I was falling back a little bit was the extra, the sleep, the, uh, you know, uh, the diet, you know, making sure that that was number one. And I think that, um, that long transition between, uh, Daytona and oh, last year's nationals and this one, I was able to really hone those things down. So when we came out, it was no reason to miss the lift because the diet was on point, the sleep was on point, the recovery, and then the training was on point. So there was no reason uh, to miss a lift. And um, no, we just, you know, every meet, you know, me and Aaron get pumped up and um, I'm just glad that everything fell into place. Um, and we were there to win it, whether the competition or opposition had its best day or its worst day, it didn't matter because I knew I was going to win. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, I'm glad everything worked out in my favor, but whatever, whoever, whatever lifts they did, it, it wouldn't have mattered because I was coming to bring everything that, that we needed to, to win and, and uh, secure the victory. So. Cause you would hit a six ninety seven and a half previously. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was previous. And we've, if anyone's been following your training and if you follow King Lifts, you have, um, your, your top end strength wise on a good day. I mean, it, it like day to day, whatever can happen. 
but you, you are capable, you know, you're yeah. capable of 700 plus if you need to back to the wall yeah. and at world championships, we have several lifters capable of 700 plus. That's what's going to be so amazing. And everyone's going to want to watch. It. Um, so we knew what you were bringing in coming into this. I wanted to ask you, cause you had two different routes you could take for you. A, obviously you chose to go the IPF route. Um, why was that? And what's the end goal? What's the big picture? What's the motivation there? For me, um, I just, I want to be world champion. You know, I want to not only be world champion, but finally break the world squat record that I've, that I've unofficially had for a number of years now. And, um, and just, uh, you know, all the things that come along with that, you know, the glory, um, I'm 33. I've been at this for a long time. I haven't been at powerlifting for a long time, but strength sports. And um, I don't know, you know, just world champion. I've always wanted to be an athlete my entire life. And, and you know, being 4'11", <laughs> there aren't many. I always wanted to be a basketball player. Yeah, I was a big Jordan fan. And, are you uh, free? Are you you're for real? <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, dude, you know, and uh, and just you know, uh, I, I, I'll never forget. Just uh, okay, coming to the realization, like okay, so what can we do? What sports can we get into and dominate? You know, and uh, I just in high school we do um, weightlifting as a sport, you know, in Florida. So we do. It's weird. They they do bench and then do clean and jerk. So mm. it's a little bit of ollie lifting and powerlifting all in kind of one mesh and um yeah i just fell in love with uh weightlifting in high school and did ollie lifting all through high school and a little bit of my 20s and just that long journey that i've had to get through uh to be world champion to make my coach shelton proud my very first weightlifting coach and uh i just it means the world to me um that's why i put all my chips in it and um, again, being 33, I, I know I don't have many years left. I'm probably in my prime. And um, I'm humble enough to recognize that, that I've only got a little bit left competing at this elite level, you know. So um, I'm all in. And it would just mean the world to me to, to win that world title. Nationals was amazing. But as Arian knows, I've always kind of looked beyond because I know that world championships uh, was, uh, was my destiny, was where we were capable of and what we were training for i love so this is what i love, I love the fact that with powerlifting it is like all inclusive man like like you said some sports like basketball if you're 411 you're like oh fuck you could have it, like, you know what i mean it's one of those deals where people say like um there's some sports where it's like i just outwork everybody and sometimes that's true i'm not taking anything away from basketball players but if you're seven foot you don't have to work as hard it's the guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you have physical advantages, powerlifting. Yeah. It's like, well, come on, come on from, yeah. you know what I mean? There is no, you have to work. Like you will have physical advantages. Sure. Top end, but you got to work your ass off because everyone has a slot. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Everybody's yeah. got a slot there. You're not, yeah. you know, whether like, it doesn't matter. So um, there's something pure about that as well. And when you show up at a powerlifting meet, you, you see like all walks of people from all different backgrounds. And literally when you go to the world from all over the world in the different stories they have and whatnot, man, it's um, it's a fucking beautiful thing. And uh, when I was listening to you, when we went out that night, you were telling me like, you know, a little bit about, you want, you wanted to be a world champion. You wanted to have this. And you were saying like, what, what do I, how does this path, how's this pathway open up for me? And um, obviously you had Olympic lifting and you had wrestling as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did really well in uh, in high school wrestling. But see, the way that, that we did it was high school uh, wrestling was a winter sport. And then in the spring, you did weightlifting. So in my freshman year, I placed uh, third and um, at the state championships because wrestling is very different than weightlifting. So you get to this kind of lean endurance kind of physique and then two weeks <laughs> you've got to transition into bulk and, and weightlifting. So I got third my freshman year, came within 10 pounds of winning state. And then the same thing happened again um, my sophomore year. So my coach pulled me to a side and said, you know, we, you have to make a choice, Jonathan, you're with, you're either going to be an amazing wrestler or an amazing weightlifter, but you can't do both. So I'm not, I won't be mad at you. If you decide to be a wrestler, there's more opportunities in wrestling. I think you could get a scholarship for wrestling or you can put all in and, and be a weightlifter and, there's no reason why you shouldn't have won state this year or your freshman year. So we had that talk and, you know, um, so glad for his support and um, serendipitously that summer, I met uh, my first weightlifting coach, uh, Shelton Gilliard, which was from the same high school as me. And um, we met through, I uh, went to school with his sister and his sister was talking about me and he saw me in the paper or whatnot. And uh, he contacted me, came to my house and, showed me how to do snatches and things like that in my driveway. And uh, we just, we went on from there, you know, I was all in on, on, on weightlifting and uh, he sponsored all of my trips uh, around, uh, uh, around uh, the United States, uh, sponsored my hotel and didn't ask anything of me just to, yeah, man, it was a blessing to meet Shelton. Um, Cause I didn't grow up very, uh, very uh, having a lot of stuff. So without him, um, doing those things for me, I don't think I would have achieved the things I did in ollie lifting, just giving me the opportunity, uh, you know, uh, winning the junior, uh, junior national championships a couple of times in ollie lifting and oh, breaking all the records and doing all that. And eventually getting invited to stay at the Olympic training center. So those were all things that were not possible if it weren't for him and, um, for what he did for me, never asked a dime back. I mean, personally paid for every hotel, every plane ticket. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, yeah, he's a great guy and just really just uh, changed my life for the better. And, um, yeah, helped me get into weightlifting and where I am now, in, 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 in essence. Arian's not footing those bills now, huh? <laughs> What's that right, South no, African like bill? Playboy. <laughs> right? Arian's like, Jesus wept, making yeah. me look bad. He's, he's got <laughs> his BD now. That's right. That's right. That's true. I guess that's, I guess what, yeah. <laughs> that's what winning helps sometimes, too. Yeah, right? winning helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, that's phenomenal uh, that, that you actually, like, it's weird how, like, you can meet someone in your life and fucking can change your whole direction and, and even yeah. though even though like you didn't end up and we'll get to that in a second but you didn't end up like full-on continuing olympic weightlifting and winning national junior national titles is phenomenal um the experience in being like a i know how to hustle and train like an athlete now i know how to stick the program and be disciplined and and meet you know in terms of competition feels and performing under these, this kind of pressures and being at the Olympic weightlifting or the Olympic center is fucking phenomenal. I want to ask you about that, but um, you know, that preps you for later in life. And it's funny when the person said, you're either going to be 
a great wrestler or a great Olympic weightlifter. And little did Destiny was saying, nah, dog, you're going to be a great power lifter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is all going to happen. Way in the background. Way in the background. It was in the background. It was in the background. It was whispering yeah. in your ear. But yeah. it, was, it was all prep work for this, dog, man. Like, you yeah. are the culmination of all of your experiences. You know right. what I mean? Like, if you didn't go through all of this, maybe, like, who knows the gentleman you'd be now. But this all helped, man. All your experiences helped and brought you to that point when you're on the platform. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so going back, first off, the Olympic Training Center and whatnot, like, was the goals the Olympics? Was it, was it always to be like, I'm going to be a world champion, I'm going to be Olympian? And then always. when it ended up happening, what was it like training at the Olympic Center? Because for most athletes, it's a fucking dream. Yeah. And, then, and then tell us about what happened there. Yeah, so after winning Junior Worlds, um, me and my coach had a meeting. You won Junior Worlds too? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Junior national. Okay, cool. On the mind, dude. <laughs> okay, I bet. No, I don't blame you. No, no, no. I don't blame you. I went. I went to. I went to. Uh, I went to the uh, Junior World Championships, and two, that was my last uh, official, like, big powerlifting. Uh, sorry, uh, weightlifting competition um, in 2008, a week and a half after my daughter was born, and that was the last like big. Um, weightlifting competition I did so I did go I did go to the junior uh junior worlds in 08 but backtrack um no after after uh winning junior um nationals coach Shelton and I had a meeting with the president of USA weightlifting paw at that time and um he invited me to come out because um uh you know um I was in my senior year kind of kind of trying to groom me but yes uh olympics was always the goal you know um always always world champion was the goal at that time i was lifting a 56 kilogram so very light but you know i had a monster clean and jerk um so yeah we just um uh, uh, uh the day after graduating high school june 2nd uh, which is my daughter's birthday um I, um, we flew out to like, right after being on stage, capping gown the next morning, I flew out to, um, Colorado to train for my first international competition ever. We went to Sicily and we lifted in a competition there. Um, forgive me. I don't recall the name of it so long ago, but yeah, that was my first kind of international travel. And, um, you know, the Olympic training center was phenomenal. I mean, mm. As a young man, it was like its own like village. You know what I mean? I mean, everything is catered to you, cafeteria food three times a day. It was an adjustment for me because I was used to, okay, I got school in the morning, I got work at night, and then I come home after work and then I lift weights in my little shed that I had. And this was, and that was it. So, and this was waking up at 5.30 in the morning, you got group warm up, and then it was literally like, like in two, or one and a half hour increments training six times a day. Holy shit, six dude. times You're a day, like, buddy. It was not crazy. Cameras all over you. So when you did a lift, you could stop and watch yourself on the monitor, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. So I got just thrust like the day after I graduated high school into this like elite training uh, facility. And at the moment, I didn't, I was just so like in awe, you know, I'm training, I'm living, I'm breathing the same air as the best athletes the country has to offer and um nah it was it was phenomenal um I loved I loved every minute of it but as a young man who just graduated high school I wish I had took some time before going to adjust because it was like 
I miss my mom. I miss my friends. I miss my yeah. girlfriend. I miss da 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 da. And um, so so yeah. After after competing internationally a few times, I, I did. I chose to come home. Um, some personal stuff. Like my dad was incarcerated and uh, most of my life, and then came out just before I left. So oh, it was a little. Fudge. Yeah, we've never had the great greatest relationship, but we're a little bit better now that we're both men. Um, so I was a little. I was a little concerned leaving my mom in that situation. And that was kind of the back of my head. So, uh, so yeah. So I, after uh, a while I chose to come home and, um, seeing if I could do both, you know what I mean? If I could still train to be an Olympian, but maybe be closer to home and, and stuff like that. So. When, when, so when you were, were you like, uh, did you have a father figure growing up then? I mean, my dad was around till I was about, uh, maybe 11. And okay. then he didn't come out till up until maybe like two weeks before graduating high school, two or three weeks before high school. So um, truly just my biggest father figure probably in my life is my coach Shelton, you know, um, who kind of guided me through not only my weightlifting career, but just kind of being a young man, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it, you know, it's kind of my biggest father figure I have. That's like, first off, it's, it's not uncommon at all. Like, as, as men, and this might be the case with women as well, um, we collect father figures throughout our lives. And Absolutely. it doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter, you, you like someone could have a father in their life the whole lives. Then you go to like, like a sport, football, whatever, and that coach becomes like a father figure, another father yeah. figure for you. And then you'll collect another one later on as you get a job or whatever. Like we collect father figures and this is mm-hmm. what we do, man, as people. It's yeah. important. Yeah, extremely important. And, um, the times that I've been a coach, you know, I've, I've, I've shared small relationships like that. And I think that, um, that's what eventually I want to do, you know, be a coach because you can help a young man really turn the tide in his life. You know, I was, uh, I wasn't the best young man. I went to alternative school a few times, um, for, you know, behavior fights and things like that. So, Shelton with weightlifting really gave me a sense of purpose and it gave me a sense of destiny and that if I worked hard enough and I was focused enough, and didn't let all the other bullshit bother me, um, that I could, I could be Olympian. I could be a world champion. I can be where the fuck I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So having someone to help me in those early stages of being a young man, a teenager, um, and a stranger who wasn't family, didn't owe me anything, put that much faith in me. Um, I felt like if he believed in me, then I, I should believe in myself. It's a fucking beautiful thing when you meet somebody yeah. who like doesn't owe you a damn thing mm-hmm. and, and they just want to and they step up like that. It, yeah. it, not only do we collect father figures and that'll never stop, by the way. And sometimes father figures like we see father figures, but it could be someone even younger than you at points. Um, just like mentors to help you out, but mm-hmm. we often do reach out and start helping people who need help as well on the come up, um, describing yourself when you're younger. So you were saying like you had, you had gotten into a little bit of trouble and, and getting into fights and whatnot. Obviously your dad was incarcerated. So like, would you be, would you say like, like, how would you describe yourself in high school? Cause that is incredibly difficult. First off going into high school. I remember going into high school, man. It's not fucking easy. That is, a, that is like, dude, it is not easy for nobody. Yeah, yeah. Go through puberty, girls. Dude, All that shit. <laughs> God, come on, man. Know, dude. Um, and then 
going through in your situation, you know, it, well, your dad is a, is away, but not like by normal means. Yeah, and then, yeah. um, and then you were saying it cause you're, you're four eleven and you're getting into fights. Like, yeah. How, how does it, cause you're a scrappy dude, like you're determined. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, like you're yeah, a determined yeah. dude. Like you got fucking heart, man. You got heart like you're seven feet tall and it don't matter. And you like carry yourself with confidence like that, right? Like you're not like, yeah. look at if something's on the I table. I had to learn that. I had to learn that. Right? Did you? Okay. Well, tell yeah, me a bit yeah. about it. You're, tell me a bit so, about this growth. Cause you're a man now at 33 and I see this. Yeah. Way. Yeah. So I just, uh, angry kid a lot, you know, um, obviously my, my height in no means is a, is a handicap for me mentally now, but back then it was a struggle. You know, um, obviously got picked on a bunch. I was the only Spanish kid uh, in my school. So I didn't quite fit in with uh, the black kids. I didn't fit in with the redneck white kids. I didn't fit in with the, you know, so it was like, I was, yeah. you know what I mean? Just trying to find my space and, and, and as a young man, and we all go through that shit, you know what I mean? Trying to find where we belong, where we fit. And um, it was just, uh, I never stood for someone picking on others or picking on myself. That's something I refused as a young man. And I would, you know, unfortunately, I'm not proud of it, but I would, I would engage things like that. Um, and maybe right, make the wrong choices at the time. But as a young man, I felt like, I don't like bullies. I don't like someone else being bullied and I won't stand for it. So, you know, some altercations physically happen and, you know, had to go to alternative school a couple of times and things like that. So I just found myself constantly um, just, getting into trouble and for one reason or another, you know what I mean? And, um, again, just, I just, again, just weightlifting, just kind of change everything for me and put me on the right path. Give me in a channel or an avenue to just uh, channel that aggression and, 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 and in a positive way, it just made me who I am today. It's funny. Like what weightlifting could, you know, people say like, um, you could wax poetic about every, anything. And some people are like, when people wax poetic about powerlifting, some people want to put it down and be like, oh, you're trying to be poetic there. But I'll tell you right now, powerlifting will teach a young man, a young woman, like you, life isn't fair, but powerlifting is so pure. You get what you put in. And there's 100%. so many things in life that isn't that guarantee. And you fucking like, life yep. will give you, why, why did I get this when I was coming up? Why did yeah. I get that? Why does this person have these things that I don't? But when you fucking enter that goddamn weight room, 200 kilos, 200 kilo. Yeah. And, and you go in that weight room two, three hours a day, every fucking day, how bad do you want it? Yeah. You will outwork these other people who have all these other things. And your heart and determination is an exclusive relationship that they can't fuck with. Yeah. You, go to, you go to school, they can fuck with you, but go into the weight room and you start learning about it discipline and you start learning about control and you start learning and then you start all of a sudden somebody enter a father figure who's like you don't need to fuck around like this man you you can be like the people put you down like you could be a world champion man you could be mm -hmm. an inspiration you could be that and then all of a sudden this young man fresh out of high school is going to an olympic training center and it's like holy shit yes powerlifting weightlifting can teach sports can teach teach you that and help you build character and yeah you can learn a lot from it you yeah, know absolutely man i've always said that uh there's a bunch of sports out there but powerlifting weightlifting is so pure because when you are on that platform you're naked to the world you know what i mean you can't hide behind 
oh, well, Ryan didn't catch that ball, so we lost the game because we didn't make that play. Mm-hmm. Or Arian fumbled the ball, da-da-da-da-da. They wouldn't have scored. We would have won. Uh, you're just naked to the ward. And all you're doing is, like, the day of the meet, the work's done. You can't go back and do an extra set of five to make yourself maybe that little bit of stronger for meet day. It is truly just the culmination and showing everyone the hard work you did months, weeks, years before. That's all that is. The, the meat day, the, the, if the weight feels heavy on meat day, you fucked up somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? You fucked up. Your technique wasn't on, but not that day, the days prior. So mm-hmm. it's just something so pure about that. And we're, we're under that, that weight, that bar on the platform. We're all equal. No matter what walks of life, no matter religion, creed, no matter where you're from, how much money you have, how much money you grew up with, we're all equal because the weight judges us equally. The gravity don't give a shit what your background is. <laughs> gravity is not really impressed. Don't. Gravity is not impressed if your dad makes six figures. <laughs> gravity is not impressed the car you came in with. Gravity is not impressed by how many social media people got following you. Yeah. we're gonna we're, you show up at that meet there's something pure about let's figure it out because yeah. i know what i've been doing the last six months what have you been doing yep. and then and then yep. did you yeah, did you shows. did you fumble the ball in your weight cut because i didn't because i didn't you know what i mean like you you, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. that where it's like yeah. i've earned the right through like uh multiple like experiences and traveling like you had said you've done all the traveling you've weight cut while traveling you've gone through time zones where it's like i've earned the right to be here Mm-hmm. So, so when you're on that platform and you got tears around your eyes, cause you know, like I'm going to the world championships. Finally, yeah. people yeah. now know it's like, okay, it, everyone's got a fucking story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. people, you know, like, uh, it's yeah. It, that's what sports kind of brings out sometimes. And, and, yeah. uh, but so backtracking a little bit. So you, you, you had found weightlifting and, um, and you found a purpose and you're in a fucking Olympic weightlifting, you know, the training center. And let me just, I got to act like, what were some of the athletes there? Dude, what I picture, especially as a Canadian, when I picture the U.S. version, because we have it in Canada as well. And we got some great, like we have some Olympians who win golds and shit, but the U.S. version must be, oh my God. Like, are you guys in there with other athletes from other sports as well? This, this would be like a reality TV show, my man, where you walk down the hall and it's just like. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you're there when Michael Phelps is there. He probably has his own thing going yeah. on. But I seen him. I seen him. Are you fucking? Are you kidding me? I just threw that out there, Jonathan. Holy shit! You met Michael. Uh, okay, well, and then, uh, the speed skater Apollo. Remember him? I can't remember his last name. Apollo yes. Anton Ono. Yeah, super cool guy. Super Dude. cool. Guy. <laughs> so, um, no, it was cool, man. You know, I felt like a fish out of water. You know, I was the only, uh uh 53 guy there smallest guy there so just like any new uh alpha coming into the lion's den everybody's kind of watching you looking at you i'll never forget um i had an emotional day leaving my mom uh from florida then the long flight and then the the whatever drive 45 minute drive from the airport whatever and then i don't even have my shit down yet and Paul, the president at the time, USA Weightlifting was like, you ready for some squats? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, of course, my first day, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm ready for some squats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. 
Oh, you fucking looked up like I don't know, whatever amount of weight. <laughs> and I'm like, my first day, everyone's watching me, and it just felt like that trial by fire. Like right now, what do you have, little kid from Florida? Show us. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was kind of like a rite of passage. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments in weightlifting. Actually, the first day I ever got there, and um, yeah, it was, it was tough. I think he had me do like five sets of six five sets of nine, some ungodly weight. And I pushed through and um, never told no one this, but I damn sure went to the bathroom and puked my guts out. Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was incredible. I said, Oh, well, I guess this is what every day is going to be like here. <laughs> it, it would be, you'd be so nervous at the same dude. Are you kidding? Like, first off with uh, everything you said with how you left um, and you're leaving your mom and you're like, yeah, yeah. You're, you, would you be the man of the house at that point? Like, were you the oldest brother? Do you have an older yes, brother? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was the oldest brother. So I just, I had so much trepidation leaving leaving her because um, we were so tight. I mean, you know, you got to think. Um, I worked all through high school, um, freshman year um, till graduating. I always had a job to help with the bills. Um, and we just didn't have extra for my stuff, you know, Um just little things, you know what I mean? You know, mm. um, so, and help her with the light bill, the insurance, little, you know, little things like that where I could, um, because, you know, obviously our situation. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was really scary leaving, leaving her. And, um, and uh, yeah, that just, uh, I had a lot of trepidation, but she wanted the best for me. You know, we, we, we had some, some conversations about, you know, is this the right thing to do? Cause I knew I was leaving, because I accepted the offer, I think Junior Nats was like in December. So I had from December to June, I knew I was going. Um, and I had accepted the offer. Um, I was just scared to leave her. I was, I didn't know what it was going to be like uh, with my dad being back home, just all kinds of things. So yeah, it was, uh, it was very, uh, that, that, that she wasn't and my family and my little brother wasn't uh, far from my mind uh, the entire time I was there. You, the, the amount of like, emotional maturity you would have even though you were graduating high school and you're a young man but to be taking on like um you know essentially being like the man of the house and helping out for bills and be like this is all my mind and then um and saying like uh you know i we didn't have extra for me you know yeah. you have to like you're looking after like a little brother you're helping out your moms and like but you still like have this inside like i you have a dream man you have something yeah. you want to see through yeah. and it's, uh, it'd be extreme, especially as a young man, you know, doors open and close and athletic primes open and close so quickly. And if quickly. you ever wanted to prove a fucking point to anybody who doubted you, who were like, you know, when you're that kid, the little kid growing up, you know, when you're young, you're like, I want to be in basketball. And they're like, no, that's not for you. And like, you know, the, like when you're telling people, right, you, you can laugh about it now, but at the time, you'd probably yeah. be like, if, if someone yeah, laughed, if an adult laughed, you'd be like, why is that funny? Yeah. You and know, that, that hurts. Oh, that happened. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's impactful when you're a kid. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. And you remember like the faces, you know, like right. uh, I remember uh, sharing for ooh, going way back. I can't really remember any of my teachers' faces from elementary school, but one teacher, for some reason, I just could never forget. We had like a, a "What do you want to be when you grow up?" day, and um, and I just remember sharing, you know, my aspirations to be an athlete, and I just remember like her being like, yeah, "That will never happen. You're the smallest kid in class. Like, how do you think you're gonna ever be an athlete?" 
And mm. uh, as a young man, probably like, what, 10? I was like, I'm going to prove you wrong. You'll see mm. one day. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it's funny that I, I can just picture her face clear as day. <laughs> and, um, and, and I, I just always, I always loved sports. My dad was into sports. So I just, just always wanted to test myself amongst other people and, and, and uh, see how I fared. So it's dude i i think everybody can relate to so many things you forget as a kid but there's a couple of things you'll always remember and unfortunately sometimes the things that'll pop out is like when especially an adult because you don't see it when you're a kid if an adult ever says something harsh to you it's like that fucking sh- you're like holy shit it feels real yeah. it feels like they're right because they're an adult it almost <laughs> is like it's one, one thing for a kid to say it to you you're like whatever you're a fucking kid like me but when an adult crosses the line and sometimes an adult will cross the line with a kid and yeah. they don't realize it's like be careful man because i know yeah. they're a kid they'll fucking remember like you can really impact somebody absolutely be careful with that shit man. absolutely as a father now i am super conscientious of that you know, as a father now, um, I want to give nothing but, you know, the tools that provide my daughter with the tools, whether it be, you know, uh, mental support, or just hyping her up that she can succeed in whatever the hell she wants to. So that's something that um, I just take that into fatherhood now and just I'm always conscientious of that, like how I say things, what I say, because a lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm. So for being a father now, I'm just very conscientious of that. Yeah, how you how you come off and like, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Tone yeah. and like, and if you ever think that maybe you're taking the wrong way, it's nothing to double back and be like, hey, uh, just to clarify, I don't <laughs> mean like, so man, if I, there's one thing that I've like grown in knowing later on is like, sometimes when you joke around or whatever, you don't, okay, you don't know what the other person's been through. So when you say a joke and you think it should be understood it's a joke, and the person you read someone and you're like, oh fuck, they took it the wrong way. Yeah. They're not being a certain way with you. You don't know their background story. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you double back and be like, hey, just so you know, you yeah. know, I meant nothing by so, like I fucking the more mature I get, the more I like socially mature. Yeah. Um, the yeah. more I start doing shit like that, you uh-huh. know, social interactions, Absolutely. you know what I mean? It it be yeah. I, I feel no two ways about doubling back and having a conversation with somebody or whatever. Absolutely. Talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just, uh, again, just kind of mirror that, uh, with just being a dad now. And so you're, you're doing the, um, the Olympic weightlifting and then, and you had your daughter. So along when is this, this is around the time when you decided you'll be done Olympic weightlifting. Like how old were you when you decided to, when you had your daughter and decided I'm not going to do Olympic weightlifting anymore. So, um, I'd come home and I still had that fire to want to compete. Um, some, you know, still, still had that fire. Some things happened when I came home and, um, you know, ended up, you know, getting my daughter's mother pregnant and I was training for the, um, the 2008, um, junior Olympics that I had got invited to. So I said, oh, I'll train at home. I'm, you know, I made it work in high school. I'll make it work for this level. You know what I mean? So um, some things happened with the family. And uh, my mom left back to uh, live with uh, her mother in New York. 
And then um, I had, uh, I was just training in our driveway, you know, <laughs> right <laughs> under the sun, you know, doing snatches and clean jerks and squats and things like that. And um, doing my own program um, for that. So I, um, so uh, ended up, uh, my daughter Jocelyn ended up being born on the second and then a week later, um, on the 12th, I flew out, I think I flew out on the 11th, um, to, uh, Columbia, South America and, um, lifted in the junior Olympics and then training for that competition kind of in my heart. I knew that this was going to be my last meet. I trained like no one's business. Every snatch, every clean and jerk meant everything to me in training because I knew kind of in my heart. I didn't want to believe it. You know how you know certain things. I knew that this was going to be it for me. This was going to be like the last, you know, my dad now, um, you know, no, no college education, no money in the bank really to speak of. So I knew that like when I came back, this, I was going to be all in being a dad. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we went over there, um, had a phenomenal time. I soaked in the experience. You know, it's like when like someone tells you like this is the last time you'll ever be at Disney, you know, you're going to mm. look at the lights brighter and, you know, be happier. So I knew that being over there, like this wasn't going to happen again for me. Or at least I thought, you know, this is never being from a small town in, in uh, Florida to now staying at this beautiful hotel in Columbia, South America. Like that doesn't happen to guys where I'm from, you know, so I soaked it in. I soaked it in because I knew when I got back home, I was going to be a dad. I, well, I was obviously a dad, but I'd be full time being a dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so we did well at the competition. I'd be lying if I told you, I don't even remember what, what I placed. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but I ended up breaking the clean and jerk record twice. Holy and, shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anytime you break a, an American record at, um, an international competition, they pay you some money and just kind of incentive, things like that. I don't know what it is like now, but, um, so that was cool. And I just, I kind of left that as my, like my crowning achievement, you know, um, in Olympic weightlifting and, um, yeah, came home and, um, short time after, uh, my daughter's mother kind of skipped town on us. And um, so within a year, I uh, had to give up my dream of being an Olympian, being a single dad, <laughs> and starting life all over again uh, within a year. So definitely um, a shock and a struggle being a young man of uh, 21 with a baby full time, a baby girl. Um, but, you know, um, we did it. It wasn't easy at all. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't the hardest time of my life, um, both financially, because um, my mom was gone, didn't have any help. It was literally us full time. Um, and then just having to live with the pain of knowing that I was never going to be on the platform again, competing and never, never on the platform again. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to get emotional. Dude, don't worry about it. Don't apologize neither, dude, because that's fucking, listen, man. For you to be 21 years old, your dad isn't there, your mom leaves, and then, and then um, you know, it's tough, man, because when, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when your daughter's mom leaves, you kind of know 
you're like, look, you kind of know what it's like to lose a parent and not have a parent around. And then, you know, you're only 20 fucking one and you're, and you're, you're digesting that. And you're looking (laughs) at your daughter being like, fucking, I didn't want this for you. Cause you yeah. felt, you felt some pain yeah. and you yeah, can't, you can't sure. shield, you can't shield it from it. And you're like, yeah, it's tough, man. I get it. Yeah. And, and you're now you're reliving these moments that that's yeah. the toughest, the toughest fucking moment. And at the same time, by the way, you have to lose all, all of the dreams of the Olympics in, in the whole nine. A young man, yeah. 21. Man. I don't know how the fuck, I don't know what the fuck I would do. <laughs> yeah. You, I don't you, know what I do. Fucking tie your boots extra tight. Yes. <laughs> and you do. I tell you guys, I've been everything from a plumber to a roofer to electrician to pretty much uh, everything you could imagine. So uh, I, I don't, I don't know how how old she was, but I remember you told me the story um, with Babcock where you literally had to have her like sit there at your job while you're working, yeah, because you had nowhere else to put her. Fuck yeah, me. yeah. I'm always, always, always be grateful for that job. Um, oh my goodness, yeah, that my first sales job ever. It was a furniture store, a little little furniture store, and the owners are so cool. They let me kind of keep her with me because, as you can imagine, daycare, extremely expensive. Um, I wasn't receiving child support from the mother. So for a time there, it was like I was working for daycare and just living paycheck to paycheck. And I still competed um, in my mind. Like I was still – it's so funny because, like, in my mind, I was still getting ready for a meet even <laughs> though I didn't have any meets. So I would, you know, just push ups in the living room or while she slept or toss logs in the backyard, just always in my mind, like, okay, one day I'm going to get back on the platform one day, one day, one day. And um, yeah, just uh, I'm grateful for the, the help that I received along the way, because it truly takes a village to young uh, to raise a, a child. And, uh, you know, um, I'm grateful for all the help that I received and sometimes still do. Dude, it's, 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 it's crazy that at 21, you have a job and like, um, I don't even know what the shit, man, in terms of how stern of stuff you must be built, uh, to have like your dad not around your mom's gone. It's just you, your daughter, and you are bringing her to your fucking job. being like, it's just me. I have to bring her with me. Yeah. And like, stay here while I fucking work. Like, dude, <laughs> that was, that was a little later. Like shit. when she was like, that was like when she was six. Okay. So for a long time, I was leaving her with family that, you know, that would, that would watch her. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was, whew, it was jumping around, you know, cause you can't have someone watch your kid like too many days out of the week. Cause then they get tired. So, you know, you, oh, okay, oh, I'll pay you this. I'll pay you that. You watch her. Cause daycare was just something I couldn't afford at that moment. Um, but no, for sure. Once she got a little older and could like just chill, um, you know, a bad cock really helped a lot. Uh, in that situation so that was awesome of them ryan i don't know how much you follow uh jonathan's post over the last few years but since i've been coaching him it's almost like every single month with his last job and with this month job he wins salesman of the month so he's putting in that work <laughs> well i guess I'm dude a, i'm like he's just dominating everyone salesman of the month jonathan again salesman of the month, jonathan. talk about motivated man the guy freaking uh he's highly motivated man i feel uh, i feel like um Again, just what we were talking about earlier, like the, the hustle that you learned from the gym, uh, you get out what you put in and not a penny and not an ounce more. So I just, I don't know how else to be, you know what I mean? Like 
the lessons that I learned in the weight room, give it your all and you'll get your all. You get what you deserve. So I just apply that to everything, whether it be work, relationships, anything. I always want to be the hardest worker in the room. I want to be the last one to go home. I want to be the, the one with the most because I earn the most. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 100%, man. Yeah. That's why you, you'd be phenomenal in sales. In terms yeah, of right. like, <laughs> in terms of like, well, you're going to earn commission. You'd be like, say less. I'm going to fucking make <laughs> some money less. then. Say less. I, I yeah. will work. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, so going back. Okay. So now okay. you're in your early 20s. Yeah. Single dad, a daughter. Mm. Um, are, are you and your dad talking at this point? Or, or is that? No. Not really. Not, not a whole lot. Not as much as I wish we would have back then. Um, right. Yeah. But it's some tough. personal things. It was kind of hard to kind of like just let go of certain things and, 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 and to move on. Um, but again, you know, that's 21 mindset, you know what I mean? Um, but now, you know, we're, we're at peace now, you know, like I said, it's easier to be, uh, have that kind of, uh, friendship kind of level, you know, uh, certain things you just understand as a grown man. Um, and you just kind of accept, you know what I mean? We just move on. So if you let, the, if you let the past keep living in the present then you'll never get over it, you know what I mean? So, um, just move on. But yeah, um, early 20s, um, still worked out a little bit, you know, not as not like anything, you know, worth really mentioning, just kind of just staying in shape, because that was just such a part of who I was, um, whether it be push ups, like I said, or pull ups, whatever the heck I had access to. Um, and yeah, so if if you're open to talk about it, um, how I got into weightlifting is kind of like or powerlifting is kind of a, a funny story in on itself. Yeah, man. Um, so one day I've always liked heavy squats, you know, and one day I was, I was, um, squatting in the, in, in our local gym and I had like four plates on there. I think I had four plates in a 25, nothing crazy. And I'm just squatting and, and, and pushing. And this, this older gentleman comes up to me that I've noticed a couple of times in the gym, like doing deadlifts and things like that. Um, but I, I, I you know, we just never spoke and he comes up to me and said, man, what weight class are you in? And I said, Oh, well, not, not anymore. You know, I, I used to lift uh, Olympic style, but uh, I don't anymore. So I'm just working out to stay in shape. He said, well, how much do you weigh? And I was like, about maybe 135, 137. And he's like, and you're pushing that much fucking weight for reps? <laughs> Why are you not powerlifting? And, you know, back then I watched some YouTubes on guy, uh, videos of YouTube and guys like powerlifting. It's all like the, the suits and the monolift and they're like, ah. Oh. And I was like, and I'll come from Olympic lifting, you know, and I'm like, oh, I've never thought about that. And, um, and um, he's like, oh, my God, Jimmy McDonald. It was what a blessing to meet that man. He goes, you need to get in powerlifting. Like, what are you? And so he pulls up his phone and he's like, there's a meet in three weeks and in Tampa, Battle of the Bay, you need to fucking be in that meet. And um, I was like, nah, nah. He's like, no, you need to fucking, you know, I'll sign you up. And at this point, I'm going to be honest with you guys, you know, I wasn't doing well financially. You know, I was just, you know, making it. And he goes, I'll fucking pay your entry and whatever you need. You can stay with me in the room. I got you. You're lifting in this meet. <laughs> and uh, another a personal trainer at the time in the gym too, uh, Troy Henry was like, yes. I, I've been telling, I've been thinking about this guy, <laughs> how much he pushes. Yes. So fast forward, my first powerlifting competition ever, Battle of the Bay, USAPL, 
you know, I didn't know the various federations. I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll lift in a powerlifting meet. So uh, ended up breaking like all the state records. Um, and it just felt, guys, if I could explain to you how it felt to be back on the platform again, um, I'll never forget. I mean, I missed my first lift because I was just so happy to be there. I couldn't <laughs> fucking focus. You know what I mean? It was just like, am I on the platform again? Am I wearing a fucking singlet again? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I had jumped the I had jumped the SWAT command, <laughs> so yeah. they didn't give it. So uh, you know, and it and it felt uh incredible uh to finally be back on the, the platform again. Um, I felt like I don't know a second chance. And I just felt really grateful to both uh, Jimmy and Troy for uh, putting up the money for me to go and compete. And that's it, baby. I was back in the game. I was full-fledged powerlifter, man. High bar squat. <laughs> no technique at all. I just was pushing the weight. So after Battle of the Bay, uh, I won the uh, Nationals. And then my third, believe it or not, my third competition ever in powerlifting was the USAPL World Championship. This was uh, USPA and I, IPL. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, USPA. Yeah. Sorry. Um, all the acronyms I have trouble remembering. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so my third, my third uh, meet ever was World Championships in Las Vegas. And I won that. Um, so I was like, uh, okay, where do I go from here? You know what I mean? And um, I had heard that there were several different federations and it bothered me that in that federation of the world, they never did any drug testing because I've always been a clean athlete. I'm very proud of that fact. And I was like, well, I don't want to lift here anymore. If no one's being drug tested, that's kind of not cool with me, you know? And um, so after some research, I lifted in uh, my first USA uh, powerlifting competition. And I think that was uh, with Arian. Was that with you, Arian, my first one? No, you did. Um, it looks like you did the one in Orlando. Yeah, in Orlando. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm old. I'm in so many meetings. Because <laughs> you, because you did your first USAPL nationals as well before you met me. Yes. 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 So, so yeah. So I lived in that meet in Orlando, and then I qualified for nationals at that meet. Right. So, right, Arian. So nationals, uh, in Atlanta was my. Yeah, my first, yeah, it was my second powerlifting meet with uh, the uh, USA Powerlifting. And, and at this point, so, um, well, let's talk about how you met Arian, because at this point, before Arian, were you still relatively, you know, rough around the edges with technique and like programming and, and those kind of fundamentals? Are you still somewhat just kind of piecing it together yourself or? From from what I remember when I saw Jonathan, I mean, he was doing like high bar, but like a wider stance. And I think bench was somewhat of a narrow Very grip. Narrow. Yeah. And, and then he was doing sumo deadlifts wearing the Olympic weightlifting shoes with the raised heel. Huh? Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't know your style, guys. You're a renaissance man. You're a renaissance man. You made so he's a, weight, he's, a weight, he's a weightlifter, but he's also doing like a wider stance squat and sumo deadlifts. So we have to work slowly on adjusting his technique to it. No knee sleeves. No, well, how did you guys meet? Like, when, how did you, how did this happen? 
Where did we meet, Aaron? Did we he, meet? At he, he, no, he did. He did my his third USAPL meet was one of my local meets down in Boynton Beach. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I had the lightweight guys lifting in day one, and then the rest of the guys lifting on day two. And Jonathan won best lifter, so he wasn't there at the end of day two to get his best lifter award. So I had to like email him like, "Hey, Jonathan, you won best lifter. What's your address? So I can mail you the best lifter award." So like that's when we first like met, like communicated. And then the next nationals was in Orlando. So Jonathan was doing his own training, everything going in, but he's like, Hey, can you help me out? And so I helped him out that nationals and actually uh, Bill McCarthy was there as well. So like Bill helped me with like loading some plates and like spotting them in the warm room and stuff like that. Um, so that was like the first nationals. We kind of like started working together as far as in a meet. And then after that, he, um, you know, got invited to the Arnold signed up for coaching and all that stuff. Mm. And then how much of a difference was that once you came into, like when you went into powerlifting at this point, you're able to train now. Like, is it like, like your daughter's old enough to, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. So then, it, so the doors opened up and you're like, holy shit. Are you starting to tell yourself now? Okay. you got a, a really real coach with Arian weights are starting to move And that kid with the dream of being a world champion, the whole nine, all of a sudden, are you like, holy shit this door isn't closed after all like what is going on right now um mentally brother if i'm being honest with you i was scared of shit i was scared to the door was cracked but i was scared to open it all the way because again like i mentioned i'm an all-in kind of guy and um you know i i had i didn't have a coach because my coach Shelton is a weightlifting coach. So when it came to powerlifting, I just used the same mentality and principles of that I learned in weightlifting. So I was doing higher reps. I was doing so much. I mean, Aaron can tell you my workouts were like, like a, uh, remember, like a grocery list of exercises. And it wasn't until I shared that with him. He's like, dude, you're doing way too much shit. <laughs> so in the mindset, me, I'm like, okay, I'll just do like, my olympic workouts but just transition them to powerlifting so i think that hurt me a lot because i didn't have that the structure of powerlifting programming i was just doing like yolo like myself i'm just gonna go in there i'm gonna work hard but as far as the mentality man i was just fucking petrified i was like because it's it was a huge heartbreak for me and as a young man to just face the reality of, of being a father and putting that first, because I, you know, you just, that's how, that's what you do. You man up and you put your family first um, and you put your kids first. Um, but no, um, I was so fucking scared, y'all. I was like, because if you imagine, you know, my third powerlifting me ever, it's the world championships. But then I learned that, well, this isn't quite the federation you want to be in. So I'm like, well, I was lost. You know, I was like, what do I do? You know, like I was we were looking at weightlifting forums and they were like, well, the IPF is where you want to be. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do that. And then I just, I, I, I was scared to, because I just didn't want to experience that heartbreak again. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If that makes mm -hmm. any sense, you know, um, but getting with Arian and, and, and the successes that I had, um, I was like, okay, I belong. This is, this is, this is it. And I belong. And just from a per personal standpoint, I was like, I would, I, I was almost afraid to deserve it. I felt like I didn't deserve it. Like, why am I going to be? Because I knew the time it would take from my family. I knew the time and dedication. And I 
wasn't sure if I could do that. You know what I mean? I wasn't sure if I deserved a second chance. And I wasn't sure if I could put in the time, the hours and, and, and necessary and then still be a good dad, still be successful as a man financially at work and, and, and so on and so forth. But um, again, back to how I feel on the platform, guys, I just, that's where I feel I'm meant to be. And um, that feeling kind of trumped all the fears I had. And I haven't looked back since. It felt, it felt right to be there. It felt like destiny felt like, okay, life is giving me a second chance. We're a little bit older now. So why don't we take this shit serious? Because we're not going to get a third chance. Fucking amen, man. That was an amazing little, that last soundbite is, is nails it right there. Um, it reminds me like there's a, there's a movie, a football movie. Uh, I think it's Mark, Mark Wahlberg, where he was like initially like a hero on the rise in football and life threw him a couple curveballs, And he had to drop out of football, came back around 30. And yeah. then um, I, I think I forget what the, the movie's called. Is That's what it is. I think it's Thank you. Yeah. That's oh. what it is. And oh. um, he tells his dad, you know, there's an open tryouts and fuck it, I think I might go for this. And his dad tells him, and it, it leans into that fear. He's like, I don't think you should. And he's like, and he goes, a man can only take so much failure and rejection and it could break him. I don't think you want to walk through that door and see. And when you were saying, like, when you're afraid and you're like, I got my heart broke, man. Like I had, and you, you could almost talk your way out of it. You could almost be like, I had my shot. Yeah. And you could almost be like, I don't think I could do this and try look through that door. And I, it can't happen again. That'll yeah. break me, man. Yeah. And then, but then you fucking damned if when you go to sleep you're not like you feel that thing like i am not fulfilling everything my potential yep. i am not going to get this again yep. when i'm 50 it's done and there's no excuses and when i look at my daughter's face my wife whatever like you're going to be that guy you, you, you know what i mean you're like yeah fucking so uh, you have to you get faced with that it's that fucking yep. make or break moment it's now yep. or never what are you going to do when you're yeah. 50 years old and you look at your daughter and you tell this story and, mm -hmm. um, and you told me, I mean, I'll let you say it, but you were like, so I fucking worked until I was, you know, 12 hour days winning sales awards. I came home, put my daughter to sleep, whatever the shit. And like, if I go, if I go without sleep, if I go, whatever, I put in my three hours, I just, you just do what you have to do and see this thing through. And it's, it's fucking the amount of sacrifice you make and the whole nine, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's crazy in terms of gut check time. How badly do you want something? Who yep. Lord, man, like some yep. people got excuses. Like I can't because of this, that, and the other, you're not an excuse guy. This yep. is, this is how you were raised. You know what I mean? Like you figure it out. If you want it, you had to figure it out your whole life. So here it is. You're pushing 30 and it's like, are you going to figure this out or not, Jonathan? Yeah. And that's exactly, uh, you know, what I was thinking. Cause you know, we, we decided that, well, I decided that cause I was lifting at 130, 132 pounds. And I said, well, I'm bulking up so much from being power lifter. Um, I need to make the jump to 66, 145. I just can't do the 132 anymore. I just can't not with a two hour weigh in and da, 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 da. So, um, 
so yeah, we just made a decision to go all in. And, and there was a moment there, guys, where I just wasn't sure if I was okay. I, I technically won a world title, um, whether it was drug tested or not, it's still a world title. You know what I'm saying? Um, it still was a world championship. So I said, um, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? And, you know, I like to say that, uh, you know, being a father and my daughter was the reason I quit uh, weightlifting, you know, it's just life. But also my daughter's a reason why I started powerlifting. You know, I see so many people and we all know everybody, you know, was a star back when and they quit because of this or that or this or that. I did not want her to have that story of me. You know, my dad used to be uh, da 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 da, but then he had me and then he couldn't do it anymore. I did not want my daughter to have that story about me. I wanted her to be like, this motherfucker went through da 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 and still did da 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 da. You see what I'm saying? So she was the reason I quit and she's the reason I started and she's the fucking reason I still do the damn thing and I work as hard as I can because. Truly, guys, at the end of the day, titles don't mean shit to me. Um, I want Jocelyn to be proud of me, the man that I am, and uh, the work that I put in and what I did with my youth uh, to show her that uh, all that shit is possible. You just have to go all in. And, and you have, um, and, and since now, you, initially you're a single dad, but now you, you have, you've met somebody, right? Is that right? Of course, yeah. yeah beautiful, yeah. My wonderful, wonderful wife, or fiance, Jessica. Uh, we met uh, five years ago. So definitely, and she's one too, you know, um, cause you guys, I'm full transparency here. I was so used to just showing up and winning, you know what I mean? So I got a huge kick in the teeth realization. My first nationals like, whoa, there's guys stronger than you, Jonathan, you, you're not just going to win for showing up. So nationals was my first nationals crazy meet in Atlanta. Wow. What a meet, what a freaking insane meet, uh, didn't win. So for me, you know, third or fourth, whatever place I got, it was losing. I've always had that mindset. If you're not first, you're last, you know, Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was a few times where I had some self-doubt, you know, like, whoa, maybe, you know, these younger guys, I just can't compete. You know, I'm older. It's harder to cut the weight, you know, da, da, da. I don't have a coach. I don't know anybody that can coach me, you know? So, if it wasn't for Jessica, just being like, don't fucking quit, man. Just come on, keep going at it. There's another nationals. There's another, there's another meet. There's next year. There's next year. There's next year. Cause you know, as, as, as proud as I am to, to as, as a person, I, there's been some self-doubt for sure. You know, you, you get so close to winning nationals, but something happened. You didn't make a lift, uh, a bad judgment call uh, from the, from, you know, a bad call. You didn't get the lift. So guess what? N another year, another year taken, you don't get to win. You don't get to go. So um, you know, that's why having a strong woman behind you um, is so important to, 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 to take that negative energy and transform it, spit it back to you and be like, no, you can't just come on, keep working. And um, the times that I felt like I stumbled, she was definitely there to pick me up mentally, spiritually, and just kind of dust me off and throw me back in. I always say, like to say, she's, she's my first coach. You know what I mean? So <laughs> definitely have the structure. And then my daughter's a big fan too. So I just, I get all the love and support a man could possibly stand. 
do to your daughter, you'd be like fucking Superman. Like, like <laughs> it'd be crazy. Everyone, everyone, when you're a kid, you, you look at your dad like Superman, but for you, it's like fucking when you're squatting like 600 pounds and but uh, like, it's actually kind of true though. You know what I mean? It's like, my dad's like a superhero. It's fucking yeah. crazy what he's doing. Like if she, she must, thinks that, if she thinks that at 13 years old, <laughs> well, so- about 13, maybe yeah. not 30. So going into high school, you're first. <laughs> so it's, it's different. You're lucky you're a star athlete. If you, when you go into high school, nobody's parents are cool, but she's going to enter, she's going to enter high school and her dad's a fucking going to the world championships and he's blah, blah, blah. So then it's different. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky, man. You're going to avoid those high school years where she's slamming the doors on you and shit like that. (laughs) Oh God, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But But yeah, that's, uh, man, you know, um, it, and, and, and then just, uh, the improvement through the years, I felt like every year I've gotten better, whether or not the total has reflected that or not. I think that definitely with Arian's help and guidance put me on the right path to be a powerlifter. Okay. So this is the right program, Jonathan, you need to be in. You don't need to be doing four sets of 10 on the back squat and yada, yada, yada. And just kind of picking up, you know, over the years, you know, um, one guy that I watch or have watched closely and studied and tried to emulate, you know, Taylor Atwood. You know, if you look at me walking on the platform before, I'd get all hyped and angry and da 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 da. And, and he a- approached the bar so calm and collective. So I try to emulate that. You know, he's the greatest powerlifter of all time. Um, so, and, and just kind of like be more in my head as far as just focusing, because I felt like I was strong enough to move all this weight, but something was wrong. And what was wrong was the technique. And I think that I had to reapproach training that let's not focus on how much weight's on the bar. Let's focus on moving the weight perfectly every time. And I think that that's why in the past year or so, I've, I've just grown so much as a, as a lifter um, and as a power lifter. Yeah. That's actually something that I don't think people do enough of is focus on on moving the weight as efficiently as possible all your cues as opposed to focusing on the weight as much and mm-hmm. the weight will be there as long as you consistently put in the work you know what i mean that is definitely something i think that a lot of people could take away yeah absolutely uh because you said you, your body's strong enough to move the weight you just don't get in your own way you know what i mean yeah yeah so, leading into this nationals um you had Rodrigo Manzo going in and 2019 nationals, you would come in second to him, right? Is that the mm-hmm. one that he won? I believe. Yeah. So coming into this one, here is a familiar sporting rival of yours. And um, you're looking for you. Obviously you got it. This is going to punch your ticket to the IPF world championships, which mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about in a minute. Um, where were your thoughts going into this? Cause he's a bit of a, it, the thing with Rodrigo, He's a little all over the place sometimes, you know, so if he shows up, you know, he could, he can win it. And he has, it mm-hmm. just depends on what he shows going into this. Were you at all? Like, what were your thoughts on that? To be honest with you and Arian thinks is kind of funny. I don't follow powerlifters at all. Like I might follow you on Instagram, uh, but I don't get into the politics of it. I could give a shit less what he's doing or what he's done in the gym or what Panna has done. I don't, I don't care. I, those are variables I cannot control. Mm. What I can control 
is how I feel and perform on game day. That's all I can control. I try not get into every sport has politics. Every sport has their favorites and yada, yada, yada. But for me, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't have time to, to listen to everyone's podcast and be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And he's doing that. I, that, that doesn't help my training. You know what I mean? I train mm -hmm. alone. I don't have a coach right there. I don't have a workout partner right there. So for me, my variables are what I can control. You know what I mean? And I try to stay in my bubble, in my world. Outside stuff doesn't penetrate my bubble because I'm training alone. I'm lifting alone. Sometimes 10, 11, starting at 11 p.m. You know what I mean? After a 12-hour day. So for me, I don't get into that shit because it's, it doesn't help me at all. So whatever he was doing uh, before competition, I had no idea. And I don't care because what does that affect my lifting at all? And that's why I have Arian. You see what yeah. I'm saying? He's my guy in the corner that knows the uh, opposition's – he's watching the opposition's tapes. He knows what the opposition is, is, is uh, capable of. So with Arian, he, that's his job for me to, to keep tabs on everyone else. So on game day, he's like, Jay, we got to do this. If we don't do this, you're not going to fucking win. And I trust him 100%. So all right, then that's what we fucking got to do. Let's do it. That's our approach to to our team and, and what we do when and when battles arise. You know what I mean? In terms of a dude that can do programming and, and handling, there's some people who are phenomenal programmers and they're social handlers. There's some people who are phenomenal handlers and they're social programmers. You got lucky you got you happen to have done Arian's meet that one day yeah, in Florida. Stumbled upon him, yeah. Yeah, you're lucky, man. <laughs> Because he could be, especially if you're the dude who's like, I don't want to have to follow people and fucking know all the rules, know all, like, mm -hmm. there's a game to attempt selection where Absolutely. you could, you could make a tight battle, shut the door on that other guy where he's, mm -hmm. you know, so by the deadlifts, he's done. Or yeah. there's a way where you can make it way tougher on yourself than you needed to, right? Where um, we've seen that happen. Um, I mean, even in the same nationals, Matt Gary jumped in and started helping out Lugo and really helped change the tide there to close the door. And Tristan, who looked like he had a window of opportunity by the time the last deadlift came, um, even had the last deadlift to his knees and almost still pulled it out. Whereas, um, so it's, it means a lot to be able to just be like, look at man, I got, I don't got the broadband to be doing this right now. I can't do all this shit. So it's good to like have a guy like Arian be like, take the reins, man. And Arian will fucking is a, if Arian, it, for all the, the people you're not watching and staying up on, Arian and me are like powerlifting nerds, my friend. We we know everybody from not just the US, all over the world. We're yeah. like, got you. I know this person, whatever. I know their propensity, yeah. what their strengths, weaknesses are, whatever the hell. Yeah, so, I think uh, having a great coach. And, and one thing that I would absolutely love about Arian, and he is rough. Like, he doesn't sugarcoat shit. And I love <laughs> I love that. He'd be like, yeah, that lift was fucking high. You know what I mean? Get that, get that ass lower. So, and so I sent him a video and I'm like hyped about it. I'm like, dude, you fucking see that 600? He's like, it was a little high, Jay. I need a little lower. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So he's very much like, um, you know, hey, this, this is what it is, bro. You know, and, and, and at the competition, um, he's like that too. You know, um, I come in, we always have like a pre-game pre huddle because we don't talk often, you know? We, we, we chat every now and again, but as far as just like, hey, how's training going? But not every day it's kind of situation. Obviously, he's not there with me training. You know what I mean? So 
having that that guy in the corner just knows what everyone else is capable of and it's just like it's chess man it's chess i mean nationals is a great example of what a great coach and handler can do for an athlete because like arian can tell you i was what what was our game what was my game plan arian yeah, tell us, Aaron. You can walk us through these attempts. Like, be honest. Tell them what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for like squat, like I, you've seen Ryan and you reposted some of them where he was doing like two eighty squat in the gym, or maybe even more on on one of the like months and months ago, like two eighty two or two eighty five or something like that. And so he wanted to open up heavy and go somewhere close to like you know two seventy five, two eighty on a third. And I'm like, one, you're 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 don't need it. And two, you're going to bomb out because you're cutting weight and you're traveling and, you know, the squats were high in the gym and everything like that. And so you don't want to open up with higher than your meat PR. So I had to convince him. Holy okay. fuck, you're going to, holy shit, you don't ever think God Arian was there. I didn't know it was that bad. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, not that, not that high, Arian. Come on. He, he I, had two, I, he had two plans. 300 kilo opener. 300 here kilos. My, <laughs> here was my goal. And I'm going to talk to you in pounds because okay. I just, okay. I, oh, until recently, I've still been training in pounds. I uh, bought some calibrated weights about uh, six months ago. So my goal was uh, 575, 585. No, sorry, bullshit. Um, five, 580, 590, 600. I wanted, to do, I wanted to be the first motherfucker to try 600 pounds on the back squat. 66, I mean, on a meet. Like I, that's, that was my goal. I know I, I'm capable of more. I've done more. I was like, this is the meat. I'm going to come out guns blazing. So whatever the hell Manzo, whoever the hell shows up, and they're just shocked. Like, this son of a bitch just moved 600 <laughs> pounds. So, and then, and then the goal was 400 on the bench because I'm capable of that. So then again, back to what we said previously, you have to trust that, that coach that he knows the bigger picture. Because as the lifter, um, you have to focus on the next warm-up, the next – lift you can't be worried about what everyone else is doing you can't be worried about if i'm worried about my first lift i'm not even thinking what i'm doing on my second one so then again you know back to coach you know you want to have somebody pull you back like whoa we don't need to do that much jay and that's again it became a chess or actually a math problem because arian wanted me just to do what we needed to do to secure the w but obviously if the opposition came in guns blazing then we were just going to fire up so Mm. It worked out in the opposite way. So, you know, I, again, just fully trusted him. I knew we were light on the bench and I knew we were super light on the dead, but I just trusted him. He is going to make the right call to win or oh, big picture. It doesn't matter. I don't have to show everyone how much I can deadlift right now. I'll just do whatever we need to do and let it ride. So, and we secured the W and it wasn't the meat that I wanted. If I'm being honest, um, me and Manzo had some unsettled kind of uh, business because I didn't have my best meet at uh, at 19 in Spokane. Um, you know, getting sick a week, catching the flu a week before the competition. Uh, it really kind of messed me up. So I felt like I had some, We I, I wanted to show everyone else what sick, because I know he's a great lifter. And I wanted to make a big show of what we were capable of, like push each other to that max limit. Because I think the opposition brings out the best in lifters you know what i mean so i just mm-hmm. wanted to be like his best versus my best and let the fucking best man win it didn't work out that way unfortunately for him but um i think one day we'll 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 have that rematch yeah he's look yeah he's quality he's a, he's a world-class lifter um 
it, it is like, it's good though. I know what Arian was saying by pulling him back a little bit, the weights, because as soon as you start missing, um, even if it's like depth or whatever the hell, it's difficult. It opens the door. Now, yeah. because you because you miss your third or second, possibly, then all of a sudden you can only move forward with your opener and all of a sudden you're like, shit, now we're kilos behind. And people are like, well, the strongest person wins. No, no, no. Person who gets the, the lifts in wins. Yep. You, there's a lot of reasons why you might not get a lifted. And then the game becomes, if it was just who's stronger wins, we go into a fucking weight room and just have a max out day. Yeah. That's not what's going to happen. Though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and um, on Manzo's end, he did, he, he was also playing the game and they loaded up for the final pull. And I remember people being like, I made sure in the commentary, people like, holy shit, he missed a second. What's he doing going up this much? He's pulling for the window. This you, is what you, you fucking have to do. Try that. You have to, you have to. Yeah, Why are we here? Yeah, exactly. So that's something that uh, <laughs> that meet day, I get so just what I'm doing. And Arian will be like, don't look at the fucking TV. Don't look at the fucking board. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. Focus on you. And uh, that's why I just love him as a coach. No punches, no sugar coating. It's, hey, focus on what you're doing. Focus, don't fucking worry about who's on the platform right now. And, um, and uh, yeah, it just works. I think, I think him and I are, are a phenomenal team. And that's why I was insistent. He, he has to be at Worlds with me. And <laughs> he was for a second there like, oh, my God. I said, you're fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, go, like, he's like, I'll put you in my check-in bag. Yeah, yeah. I said, whatever whatever it takes, you're going. Um, you deserve to be there when I win the world title because you've been there for every single failure that I've had to pick me back up. And uh, you deserve to fucking be there with me when I when I win world. So it's um, yeah. Well, for, not only that, like he's been a head coach of the national team at Worlds. Like you can't have a better guy with you. the guy knows everything about like whether it's like getting to the weigh-ins, all the rules. If you need any kind of rule protesting or like lot numbers, and and, and if the battle ensues and you need a guy, like fuck, man, he's about as as decorated as it comes. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. It's like it's like going into a fight, uh, fist fight, and you're bringing your big brother. You were the big brother, but you know what I mean. If you're if you're uh, if you got a big brother, you bring it. Fucking makes it a lot easier, a lot less dramatic. <laughs> for you. Well, um, and you're if you're fighting, your guy in the corners, your guy. He's your eyes. He's your he's 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 seeing shit you're not seeing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I did a little bit of boxing before. Uh, your guy in the corner is everything, bro. He's seeing the big picture. You only have tunnel vision. You're seeing the motherfucker in front of you, but he's seeing the way he moves. He's seeing what is slipping in. You see what I'm saying? So uh, having a guy in your corner um, as, as as smart as Arian, um, he's invaluable to me as a lifter. Dude, I am not at all surprised you boxed a little too. But I'm not surprised you would dabble. Puerto Rican, do you play baseball or you box? (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, my man. Nicely done. So that's why after you win and you're going to the world championships, like what were you thinking when you're on that platform and you got the gold medal around your neck and you know what this means now? When when the emotions hit and it was genuine, like what, what was that about? Well, why was it? Why, why did it mean so much? Why did, what were you thinking? Well, you got to think, brother. You know, I'm, I'm 33, and I know I don't have many of these left in me, you know. So every meet from the first meet I ever lifted in with uh, in the IPF, uh, just, you know, that first, that first nationals fell short, second fell short, third, fourth. It's like I felt 
frustrated because it's like, I can win. I know what I'm capable of. So this, this time I felt like everything was right. The diet was right. Logging every macro, every calorie, the sleep was right. Um, you know, working guys at 33, working 12 hour days, I have an hour commute to work an hour commute home. That's 14 baby. And then coming home and going straight into the garage. I kissed my fiance. I kissed my daughter. I said, hi. And they're watching TV, eating dinner. And dad's going right into the gym and to train for, you know, one and a half, two, sometimes two and a half hours um, and going to bed. And guess what? You got to wake up at seven in the morning to be there at work an hour drive and da, 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 and six days a week sometimes. Um, so that sacrifice, this cycle was a lot. It was a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and if I didn't have my family cheering me on and being there for me, I don't think I, I think uh, if, if I didn't have that support structure, I think I would have stumbled a little bit, but I was like, this is it. This has to be it. I'm approaching my mid thirties. I do not have time to fuck around and let any factor, any attributing factor slide. So I was like, I'm all in, this is it. This is the one I'm going to win. Whatever happened between the split up of USA powerlifting and USA, that, that didn't matter to me. Um, no matter what platform I was going to be on, I knew that I just had it in me to destroy things and to go ahead and win it. And um, I think just it's hard to explain the feeling of finally like achieving a goal that you for years have chased and just the sacrifice y'all that went into it. Um, both personal time with my family. You know, sometimes I just get home, I get to kiss my girls. My daughter says, good night, dad. And that's all I got to see of her that day. Um, and just finally achieving that goal, knowing what had to be sacrificed to get in there. Um, it was just overwhelming. Like, that's the best I can explain, just overwhelming. And now now that, you know, you secured that win and you secured the the national team spot on Team USA, which is a fucking big one. Of all the nations to try to get on, the U.S. national team is always the toughest. <laughs> yeah. um, and here we are going to the IPF World Championships. And we have, you know, the, it, the rising star nation, France. And leading the way is Pena, who's the reigning world champion and extremely popular on, on Instagram or whatnot because he's the king of the grind. Um, you know, he's been on the podcast and whatnot, he's, what he's done with France and what, you know, trying to lead the charge, but mm -hmm. not just, so the fact that he's there is big in terms of making this an internationally hyped showdown. It's one thing to have a showdown in the U S and the U S everyone in the U S is, is looking forward to it. It's another thing when internationally you have stars now that's Pena. So we'll put a pin in that Pena coming from France. Everybody in France knows who Penny is. Everyone in Europe, everyone all over the world now because he's the world champion. But then from Eddie Berglund, who has moved up to 74, he hit as a 74. Now he was 70 kilo when he hit this total, but he's hit like a seven, what, 720 something, Arian? 728.5. Strong motherfucker, but he's got to cut this weight. Okay, Penn has hit very heavy as well, but he's got to cut that weight. So that's at 70 kilo. He's coming back down to 66 a junior world champion out of Sweden, which is a powerlifting nation, phenomenal lifter, been to all types of world championships. And him and Pena have battled back and forth, both at Worlds and then again at the European Championship. Came down to the very last deadlift and Pena just eked it out. Um, Pena got 700 and Eddie Bergon got 
Then you have Joe Jordan, the American, went down to the USVI, got a 700 kilo total. And Joe Jordan, he was at the PA Nats to check out your battle. Uh, he came up, introduced himself to me, and um, he wanted to see it. And, and he liked what he saw. And it was a phenomenal. Chance Mitchell was there, did an interview. Chance Mitchell is actually his coach. And uh, we did an interview. And, and um, he, he was also checking out the battle that he saw there as well. And uh, so Joe Jordan's going to be there. There's a gentleman from Japan, um, Arian. One second. You got his name there? Kyota Ushiyama. Kyota Ushiyama, who is also in the late 600s as well. Uh, he has a 678 kilo total, and you could probably expect that to be even bigger. So this is, Jonathan, in terms of the 66s, we've never seen, and whether or not all these people can do 700 after this travel time zone change, I don't got to tell you because you know and area knows, you adjust to what's on the day. But in terms of lifters capable of 700 and up, world-class we have five or six you know manzo's are on the reserves by the way who knows we've seen crazier things if he can actually make it in who the heck knows but this is as stacked a 66 kilo class we've ever seen in the history of powerlifting we've never seen this many lifters capable of 700 and up and when i say capable i'm not just they've hit 700 Mm -hmm. and up so this isn't like you know well you're hyperbolic no no it's been it's done either someone's hit 700 or so it's absolutely stacked and it's a true like you wanted true world championship these people are from all over the world how fucking special is this how exciting is it how nervous are you how everything i it's insane the setup, man. This is a fucking. This is your movie. This is the Mark, this Wal- is, Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that it will mean more to win. There's no. There's not going to be a laydown. This is the one that everyone, the world champion of the 66 kilogram, is going to pull a fucking world uh, record total. Period. Period. Because we all know this. You know, everybody knows the 66 is fucking stacked, which is awesome. So everyone's going to have to bring a game, period. There's no there's no excuses. You know what I'm talking about? So I think that this is the one I think, is again, destiny just meant for me to, to, to be a part of this one versus the other ones. You know what I mean? Um, and to win it, man, it, 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 it's going to mean more because to win it, I have to beat everyone's best by giving my best. And that's how worlds should be. World shouldn't be, oh, you show up, you win. World should be a fucking war between you and everyone else in your weight class. Every lift, every kilogram, half kilogram, quarter kilogram is going to count. And I, I'm, I'm not nervous at all. I'm just honestly honored and excited because I'm a fan of powerlifting. And this is going to be a fucking powerlifting battle. And I think that uh, finally the world's going to kind of peak at the 66s and be like, man, those guys are kind of strong. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm proud to be a part of this group, man. I'm just proud. I'm not nervous at all. I'm excited. Um, and I'm just ready. I'm just ready. If it was tomorrow, I'm ready. If it was right now after this interview, I'm ready. <laughs> they, uh, they, <laughs> I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> They booked, I'm going to get your, your, your impression of this as well, Ari. I know you're like a master scout, but um, they booked, or, or sorry, they, they're starting to close deals now. The IPF just announced with Eurosport. 
So we're talking millions of people across Europe are going to watch this. That's their ESPN Eurosport. They also have it on television in Latin America and South America. Um, I forget the name of the, the Latin, but it's, it's like this is this world championships is going to be viewed, you know, by a massive audience all over the world, as well as the Olympic channel. And then of course, finally, it'll be end up on YouTube um, mm. and, you know, all over Instagram, the whole nine. This is massive. This is a big one. So it's, it's going to mean a lot. And you're right though. The winner of this is bound to be a powerlifting star because there's so much star power behind it. And it's so stacked. Um, so it's going to be entertaining to watch. Arian, what is your impression when you look at this? Have you ever seen a 66 kilo class like this? And how tight is this with this many guys capable of 700? Are you expecting, you know, some people will hit seven. Some people will fall short because they're not used to travel. Some people will overshoot. You know, this, this is when handling is in preparation and all the finer points are going to matter because the strength is so close. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what it is in the end. Like, you know, going into some other years, we thought, like, you know, there was a lot of hype going into it. But from what I remember, a lot of times it's like three lifters, uh, maybe four when you have like two Russians in there plus Panna and Eddie. So this one, you know, would potentially have five lifters battling it out. And and Jonathan and Eddie have, you know, the subtotal. And then these other guys after have a big deadlift. So something where you're kind of used to at nationals, like, you know, trying to put up the biggest sub subtotal and then seeing what these guys pull. But now it's just gonna be interesting because there's so many guys in there. So yeah, for especially for them, for their final deadlifts, like once we have our total, once Eddie has his total, they need to be watching Jonathan and Eddie, but also each other. They all have big deadlifts. Like how much do you risk it? And then maybe you fall off the podium or do you play it safer and just take second or third and not go after first? So that will all play into factor of how many people hit 700 or over 700 um, and who goes for the world record total. And uh, we also get to finally get the chance, like uh, Jonathan said earlier, to take a shot at that world record squat. So the one that he's been unofficially breaking in like three or four different meets, we can open up with that and start putting the pressure on and then seeing what these guys can do for the deadlift. So it will be interesting. The The only downside to the whole Eurosport and live stream or anything like that is that since we're a morning session, I wonder how many Americans will be up for it. But, you know, they can sleep in and wake up and, and see the results afterwards. Dog, but Jonathan, is your family going to be watching on YouTube? Is is like like your daughter, your wife? Or like what's, what's going to be your situation? Yeah, they're definitely probably going to be at home, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, I would love love nothing more for them to come with me but i know that just with everything it it, it for ease of conscience too it's just nice to know that they're home safe right. um if i can focus on kind of what i need to focus on but yeah absolutely they're going to be watching um i like to think that they're definitely my biggest fans and um everything i do uh as a family man is a reflection upon my family you know what i mean so for me it just again jocelyn is why i do powerlifting and why i work so hard and um yeah, I just, I just really, uh, just want, I just want to finally, truthfully, just do what I'm capable of doing at like, I don't at, at the meet, just like you know what I mean, like just I finally have that meet where I can truly showcase what I am capable of, and I think that on the day if we we execute that, then it doesn't matter what everyone else does, um, you know. It, it's uh it's going to be a win for me if i'm able to execute what i'm what i know i'm capable of doing so i, I was going to mention i was going to mention too real quick ryan how 
I, I, we thought last year was going to be the year. Like, um, John, I think John told me what he did a Florida high school weightlifting meet in Daytona mm-hmm. in, in, in that same venue where mm-hmm. USAPL had their nationals. So he's like, dude, I'm coming back after all these years to the same place. Like this is my year. Like training was going well. We had that monster total going in and you know, fate had it where it, it just didn't happen. Um, and interesting enough now where Jonathan was saying these dates for weightlifting is he has his daughter's birthdays. He said on June 2nd, and then we all fly out on June 3rd to go to South Africa. And he did the junior worlds on June 12th and kind of around that date, you know, he's going to be competing on you, whatever it is, June 7th, something like that, um, at the, at the IPF powerlifting world championship. So it's all these like little similarities in the history and stuff like that, as far as locations and dates and stuff like that. So, um, it'll be. It would be good if we can pull it off. And I've been telling Jonathan before too, like this could be the run. Like he's saying, you know, I don't know how many more years I have. There's other kids coming up, but this could be the run where, you know, you win nationals, you go to worlds, uh, you win worlds, and then you get that invite to Sheffield. You do Sheffield in March, and that can be like a nice little one-year run. Um, if it is, you know, one of the last years, him being, you know, uh, the top guy. Dude, it's, um, you've come full circle. That's what happened here. I can't imagine the cool thing about your daughter being 13 and watching their life events when you're young, but you can't super remember them. And she's old enough. She's going to fucking, I, I, I can't imagine watching TV and your dad is in the world <laughs> championships with like people from Japan, people from Sweden, people from France, like people from all over the world. Like, and that's just the top end guys. There are people from like Libya, Thailand, Australia, Iran, Italy, like Zimbabwe. We're talking your daughter is going to remember this because she's old enough to see her dad fucking on the platform doing this. Like, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't know what that would be like. It'd be cool as shit, uh, but she'll never forget it. Even, even like when, as soon as you break a world record, you know, that's a moment that there it is. Mm-hmm. There's the first moment. And then you just keep adding yeah. the moments beyond that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'll be cool as shit. So, uh, and, uh, I'll do, I'll do my best doing the commentary, my brother, I got you back, but, um, <laughs> how much does, how much does Sheffield, how much thought do you give to Sheffield? Um, even beyond that, the world championships return, come to the U S in 2023 and the potential and coming to Florida, no less. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be very difficult to, you know, you, you're looking at the wife like, well, honey, but, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe it's we can tough. hang out with you. maybe maybe these long nights wouldn't be so bad. So, so, but, you know, it, it's a delicate balance when you're a family man, you know, you work full time, work as many as hours I do. I used to do five to six days of trainings, but how I'm how I it's all about just structure, you know, so I would do four days a week instead of five training days. So that allows almost half off time to be with them mm. and again i wouldn't be here if it wouldn't if it weren't for both of them being super supportive like you know like uh i mean i'm there for the major events obviously i'm there that takes precedent above everything but um just having that family support and you know hey dad do, uh, do you do what you gotta do and um you know right now uh i you know at 13 is a a, a crazy year right <laughs> for a young for a young lady so i don't know how much you know uh that she thinks how cool that is or whatever like that but you know for me my legacy and and what i want to leave behind is not only um for all the guys out there who are family men who put their family first i just you know for me i'm like i want to be the example of hey you can still do it 
you know, regardless of what life throws at you, regardless you uh, of how many times you fall, as long you can get back up. If you can look up, you can get up. And and um, and I think that that's that's the legacy that I want to leave behind. Um, no matter how times you, how many times you fail, you only fail when you quit. You only fail when you don't get back up. I mean, I've lost as many competitions as I've won and life has thrown hurdle after hurdle at me and I still come back. And that's the kind of the legacy I want to leave for anyone out there listening. Just, it doesn't matter if you think your time has passed, you can still get back in the game. It's not too late to achieve what you want to achieve. It's not too late to have goals and, and, and to meet them and beat them and exceed them. Um, and that's just kind of the mark I want to lay, to leave, you know, win, lose, draw, whatever the case may be at Worlds or beyond. That's just what I want to leave out there on the platform. I want to give leave my all and just leave that note of, hey, I got here when I really didn't think I'd be representing Amer- uh, uh, the United States of America again uh, in just a completely different sport. But I got here. You know what I mean? I didn't let life and all its bullshit get in my way and stop me um and it's just something crazy about that man if you look at it big picture it's just something fucking crazy about it man i'm just so excited i feel blessed i feel honored to be counted among the strongest men in my country and the strongest men in the world and um it's just my life's honor to to share that stage with them again in a year from now you never know you could have been experience world title sheffield which is going to be bonkers absolutely insane and you could be defending your title on home soil and who the fuck knows what the future could be for you um you know we got a lot left to see but uh if you had the opportunity you know when you were to go back to 21 year old jonathan garcia whose mother had left your, the, your, your girl left and it's just you and your daughter and the Olympic dream is gone in that I don't know what I'm going to do right now. That Jonathan Garcia, that darkest hour. If you could go back right now at 33 and tell that 21-year-old Jonathan Garcia one thing, what would you tell him? I would hug him and I would tell him that it fucking sucks right now. It Life I know sucks right now, man. But I promise you, just keep putting one one foot in front of the other and everything that you want right now, you'll have. And just that reassurance that I could give myself, man, because that was some hard fucking times. Um, If I could just tell myself not to worry, just keep going and everything that you want right now, you'll have in abundance. Um, That's what I tell myself. Just keep going. Keep going. Don't, Don't quit. Just keep going. And, and you'll have it and you'll have it, man. I promise. Um, yeah, that's what I tell myself. That that's in man. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Don't fucking quit. It ain't, yeah. it isn't, it will get better. Yeah. It will get better. Yes. It will work out. Yes. You <laughs> will. Yes. You will find that girl. Yes. You uh, will find yeah, yeah. you, you know, that the girl who left, the, the, there's another one coming. She's yeah. better. You know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, the man, money, yeah. the job, you, the money, you're going to be salesman of the month, month after month, the fucking dog, everything. One door closed sports wise. You're going to end up going to the world championship. Everything works out, man. Isn't that fucking crazy, man? Isn't it? Fucking think about crazy, that. Just fucking girl. think about that, man. I, you know, I lifted in the, lifted in, in the, uh, Oh, eight, 
Junior Olympic or what well, what we would call Junior Olympics, you know, uh, the Junior World uh, uh, World champ, uh, Championships, and then and then just thinking it's over, and what fucking 13, 14 years later, doing it again in a completely different sport. <laughs> I just that blows my mind, man. And I think again at nationals that just came that realization just whoosh like smashed into my head, and I was like. <laughs> I just got emotional and and there was a a moment alone in the in the in the, uh, walk to the to the restroom and take off my singlet and I just had to stare at my reflection for a minute and I just realized and have that that moment of pride in myself and 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 thank God for uh just giving me the opportunity to be here again just giving me that resolve of not quitting um because you guys there's no, there's no way to articulate what that meant to me to win yeah I mean it's um hearing your story i can only i can only freaking imagine you know uh to have looked back see a shadow behind you which is very much symbolic yeah and seeing a shadow behind you and be like i fucking put a lot of a lot of demons to rest today and i uh holy shit i'm back and this is the most <laughs> unlikely you, you you tell you look in the mirror and you can be like i am am i the most unlikely of heroes what the fuck when i was in high school and and the teachers were saying what they were saying and fucking everything I felt and like, and holy shit. I, you know what I mean? It's life is mm -hmm. funny, man. Life is fucking funny. You got to keep moving forward and you don't know. And you don't know when your darkest hour, you're like fucking single dad the whole night. I'm like, yeah, someone's coming. A yeah. job's coming. A, mm -hmm. a girl's coming. A, a new opportunity's what, you didn't even know about powerlifting or nothing. Like you don't see it. That's what faith is. Is like faith is like not always just religious. It's just having faith. Faith is just being positive that something's coming that you can't see. You can't see it, but you have faith it's gonna come. So mm -hmm. just keep fucking moving. That's all yeah. faith is. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes if you got faith in nothing else, you got to faith in yourself. Exactly. One hundred million. No other reason to believe I've, I've had some some of my best friends be like dude what you're too fucking old is still lifting like when i complain like oh man my elbows are hurting me or my back's hurting me or my knees are cracking man why are you still lifting man i give that shit up you know what i mean a lot of people in my personal life said that a lot throughout the years oh you're still lifting oh man but i just you have to have that clear vision in anything in life regardless if it's powerlifting or whatever sports related you just have to believe in your dream and, and you have to believe in what you're capable of. You know what I mean? So um, just take that and again, man, just keep moving forward. Fuck it. Fuck everything else. No matter how bad shit gets, no matter how past due on bills you are, no matter if you're getting evicted from your apartment, no matter if you can't fucking buy your next meal and your daughter's hungry and you got to decide, well, do I buy this or do I buy diapers or do I buy this or buy formula? Like what? I mean, I've been there before where down to your last five fucking dollars and how are you going to feed your kid? I've been in the lowest of low, just completely fucking frustrated with life and angry at God and angry at why me, why this, why that? But all that shit you can either let it fucking destroy you or you can let it make you stronger and i just chose to make that shit be my fuel to be a stronger person and take it in stride dude if that didn't happen your story wouldn't be nearly as riveting or inspiring i'll tell you that right now <laughs> you know if it was like yeah i had an easy life and then i found powerlifting. i keep winning and here we are so. it means more it means more when you've gone through a bunch of shit that's for goddamn sure it means more and um 
and and y'all, I couldn't be more grateful for just this and having the opportunity to uh, share my story with everybody um, and just be grateful to still be an athlete at 33 because I felt like I gave up so much in my early 20s. Like, hey, who knows what would have happened if I still would have been competing 21 through 25, you know, or 26 is when I started lifting, uh, powerlifting. So who knows, like, what where I would be now. But it doesn't matter. I'm here now, yeah. and I'm giving it my all. And I tell you what, every training session since – coming back from nationals has felt different guys spiritually. I feel like it's hard to articulate it. Um, I just feel like more, that's a bad way to put it, but I just feel more. I feel like I feel every bench more. I feel every squat deadlift more. It means more. Every set matters more because now I'm representing America. So there's a different whole ball game there. I'm not just representing myself. I have a whole entire team behind me and, and uh, just means more, man. It just means more. You got a fucking nation behind you, man. You yeah. got, you got, like, people are going to, people are going to tune in. Be like, how, did, how did Jonathan do, by the way? Like people care. <laughs> they they want to, you know, more than just yeah. yourself. They're like, fucking yeah. Cause you're asking me, like, how did the American do in 66? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he won. He did good. Like it, it would, it would, like even even if they're not, you know what I mean. It's different yeah, with this yeah. nation. It's different with yeah. this nation. It just it, it and 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 again, just I just oh man, just having that opportunity pulled away from me. Obviously, making the choice to step down um, from competing, and then just giving that opportunity again, guys. I just man, I just wish I could put it into words. How I don't, I almost like don't feel like I deserve it. But at the same time, I just have to remind myself that you do, you do deserve it. Everybody deserves to like get the fruits of their labor. You know what I mean? And sometimes it just, it, it feels surreal. It feels surreal, man. I'm just super excited to be back on the platform. I bet, dude, I bet it would super feel surreal with everything that's, you know, this life is a fucking weird life is crazier than any, you know, script writer would try to mm -hmm. script. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're yeah. not going to script it as good and dramatic. Yeah. And I got a feeling like we didn't even get all the details of your life, but this is good enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We'll have you back on again. Don't worry. But, um, but yeah, you've, you've, your story is an amazing story. Um, okay, listen, we can wrap it up here. We're getting close to two hours, but I okay. want to ask you <laughs> if the 66s of the world are listening to this podcast and I fucking bet you they are. Cause that's what people do. When they know, you know, one on 66 is on the king of the lifts, they're going to tune in and they're going to want to hear your story or whatnot. What's the message you want to give all the other 66s of the world? Well, first, I just um, want to say I feel honored to be a part of this crazy fucking competition because we're all going to have to bring our A game. And like I said earlier, whoever wins is going to deserve to win because he's going to have to battle it out. And um, I just feel honored. And you guys better bring your A game because I'm bringing it. I am bringing it. I am bringing it. Um, so I'm excited to see you guys there. Um, but uh, after we smile at each other and shake hands, say hello, uh, it's game time. Enough said, man. Look, at, you're a tough guy to root against. Uh, I'm sure you guys are all going to have a ball afterwards and you can celebrate. But uh, thank you for coming on, my friend. Is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just want to, well, first I want to say thank you, Ryan. You know, um, I used to say, say, I used to always say like, oh, I'm no one's favorite power lifter, but you know, just throughout the years. And uh, I appreciate all the shares and just the exposure. 
you know, that old man gets on the King of the Lifts. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I appreciate Aaron for sticking with me, you know, failure after failure, uh, meet after meet. He's always willing to be there and to, to show up for me. That means more than I could ever express to you, Arian. And I mean that. Uh, my my fiance Jessica, um, I love you. My daughter Jocelyn, I love you. Um, and yeah, that's it. And, and uh, any sponsor you want to give a shout out before we? Oh, you absolutely! As well? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> SBD for just. I got you, son. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, just, again, man, just being there for me. Uh, Pete has always been a fan. We had a great long conversation. He's like, dude, I've been waiting to bring you on board. I've just been waiting for the right moment. And mm. he goes. I'll tell you something, when I brought your name up for sponsorship, everyone immediately said, absolutely. Nice. Like not one person and whoever amount of people he was talking to was like, eh, I'm not sure. Everyone was like, yes, finally. So SBD, huge shout out. Thank you so much for supporting me through the years um, and just being fans behind the scenes. And um, I'm grateful for every single one of you guys. Uh, appreciate you more than you know. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, especially if you you win nationals and you're going to be in a battle like we're about to have at the 66 is the world's fuck you're a hell of an acquisition my friend you're a hell of an acquisition so i'm sure spd is just as happy to have you and uh Arian, how do people get a hold of you if they want some coaching sir on, on instagram coach Arian k or you can go to our website thestrengthguys.com and wherever you're listening uh please do subscribe give us high ratings because you never know who we're going to have on the podcast. We're going to have a bunch more people who are going to be the IPF World Championships. Uh, not all of them are going to have a story quite as riveting as Jonathan's, but fuck, you never know. We've had some doozies. Uh, Jonathan, dude, thank you for coming on. Um, you opened up. Like, you you gave us a lot, man. And uh, it is appreciated, dude. And I, and I know, like, there's a trust factor when you're going to like open up to somebody and tell somebody like, like as much as you said and be mm -hmm. as vulnerable as you did. And, um, and I appreciate that. And you trusting me and Arian with being able to handle that and give your story. And I am sure, you know, we see because King of Lifts is a very much an international uh, podcast because powerlifting is an international podcast. And due to my affiliation with the IPF, the international, there are people all over the world listening. You don't know who the fuck from wherever is going to hear this podcast, whatever background, whatever he's going through, you said exactly what he needed. And he's, or he or she, and they'd be like, fuck, all right, this is what I need. Doesn't yeah. cure everything, but it'll be something. There's some hope. There's some glimmer of light there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, Absolutely. I know it's happened to me in terms of books or whatever this shit. So yeah. anyways, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. And um, we will 100% for sure have you back on, um, regardless what happens at Worlds, dude. This door, this door is open. So we're <laughs> going to keep talking. And uh, until next time, man, stay safe. Keep training, be healthy. And we'll see, all, we'll see each other in South Africa. Hey, we'll see each other soon, yeah? There it is, man. Talk to you later. <laughs> Six up, right, we're man. out. Right, thank you.